In Jesus' name. It's uh, quite a delight to be part of the sermon series. Um, it's quite a delight, sort of, to have other people talk about your book. Uh, what I found out in their talking about the book is that they talk about it a lot better than I write. So I'm very grateful for uh, that opportunity and for the humbling experience of listening to others speak of it. But in the outline that Pastor Mark developed for this series, Bodybuilding, there is a picture. The picture is of what St. Paul talks about in terms of the body of Christ. It's a picture used as sort of an analogy to the gathering of people into a community united in one body, each with each united part functions as its own part, but as a connected piece to the body as a whole. So in that picture, the church or local versions of it, like the Lutheran Church of St. Andrew, is made up of folks that are different. That is, the hallmark of the body of Christ is diversity. The hallmark is that we are different people, different ideas, different backgrounds, different answers to questions, different questions, different wants and needs, but all of us are gathered into this singular body which is held together and grafted into Jesus. But the deal of diversity means that we end up having to deal with that very thing, that we are different people, and how is it that we stay together, brought together by the Spirit of God, united in Christ. And part of the series has been about that. Uh, we stay together in part because of learning to trust each other, as well as be trustworthy one with another. We create spaces of conversation and interaction in which we uh, are vulnerable uh, to each other. So that when one weeps, we all weep, and when one rejoices, one, we all rejoice. We are brought together as diverse people in one body, united by Jesus, gifted by the Spirit, And in that context, then, we have lots of uh, characteristics, lots going on, lots of things to do. We also have things like spiritual warfare going on, uh, in which there is the temptation to pull away from Jesus and not stay grafted to him. So in this picture of none 
a picture of the body of Christ, not all eyes, not all ears, not all mouths. We look at diversity and differences, and when there is diversity and differences, there is something called conflict. Which is a very interesting thing, actually. My colleagues at the, um, well, my colleagues, I won't tell you where they're at, actually talk about healthy conflict as being robust conversation. That is, can we really have conversation together and use our diversity for growth and development? Without diversity, there is very little growth. As Walter Lippmann once said, if everyone is of the same mind, or if everyone thinks the same things, likely people are not thinking at all. The diversity is that we have our differences and we bring them together and they bring the question of managing or dealing with the conflict. So there's healthy conflict and there is unhealthy conflict. So let's tackle the unhealthy conflict first, briefly. Consider that you are in a congregation, or you're looking at a congregational committee, property management, and they are trying to figure out what color to paint the walls of a newly redone nursery. So there's a meeting, and there are three people in the meeting. So it goes kind of something like this. The leader says, we have a meeting here. We are supposed to decide, our task is to decide which color, what kind of color we put on the walls of our newly refurbished nursery. Well, I know what color we're going to put on. It's blue. Everybody knows, at least everybody of a right mind, knows that blue is a wonderful color. It's of the sea and whatever. And besides, when I was growing up, my mother had two rooms that were blue, and I remember that. And so obviously, we should have blue walls. I am a clear mind. It's the only reasonable thing to do. You have got to be out of your mind. What do you mean, blue? And your mother, my goodness, what kind of a woman was she that would tell you that this blue is a good thing to do? Well, obviously, the colors are uh, uh, green, uh, sort of a greenish, brownish thing, and that's the only thing that really works. But, you know, if this was your mind, boy, you're really out of your mind. There must be something going on with you that is really troublesome. What kind of a person are you, actually? My goodness, didn't your mother teach you anything? Your taste must be all in your mouth. You're attacking me and my mother. Now, that's unfair, but I've noticed you over the years, and you have been kind of an awful person as it comes to it, and you know, you just really need to do that. Uh, that is work on that. Now, hang on, folks. 
it's getting a little hot here, you are all being like children. Children, why are you calling us names now? Well, that's how it could go. Now, of course, you've never been in a situation like that, right, ever. I have uh, in places that I won't, well, anyway, talk about. What happens here? What happens is that in the conflict, the issue of the task, the color of the walls, gets mixed up with the issue of the person. And so when you end up with the argument, the argument becomes defending each other's personhood and you're no longer really actually emotionally or, or really behaviorally on the issue of the walls and the color. In most conflict management discussions or the management of robust conversations where there are disagreements, this is the major switch in a conversation that moves the relationship in the conversation downhill. Because when you begin to move from task to person, you are then creating a whole nother agenda that has to do with people feeling attacked or being attacked and needing to defend themselves in one way or another. This is what happens in unhealthy relationship, in unhealthy conflict. The problem then is not the task anymore. The problem is you. And I will attack you and not be dealing with the problem. Then you move into sort of problem stuff and fighting stuff and all that kind of business. In this way, we can handle conflict like most of the created um, creatures here in the world. So we can flee, we can submit, we can fight, we can flee. Only humans and some higher order animals, actually, have the capacity to think and learn and grow and use conversations of differences as ways to help grow individually and also grow the body or the organization, like the Lutheran Church of St. Andrew, for instance, or like your marriage or like your family, or like all of your relationships. Without that kind of interaction, then we get very stilted and end up following uh, leaders and saluting whoever, whatever, without thinking about it, or involving us in the nature of developing our responses to differences. So if this is the centerpiece for unhealthy conflict, that is, 
the movement from task to person, from the problem is the paint on the wall to the problem is you and your upbringing and who you are. That's one thing to watch for in your own lives, in your own relationships, and prayerfully begin to be thinking about, well, what are the alternatives to this sort of natural movement of conflict into unhealthy ways? Well, that's where Colossians comes in. The reading uh, for this service. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. We could start and end this part of the conversation there because the idea that you are a chosen one of God that there is no one in this room who is not God's chosen person in baptism, in the work and redemption and life and death and resurrection of Jesus. That makes all the difference in the world if the person that you're talking to is seen also as God's chosen person. So no longer are you looking at an enemy or someone to be uh, one, sort of, uh, or someone to actually put down. You're seeing the person as God's chosen person. This attitude shift, hard as it to do, is crucial to healthy relationships and the health of the body. If everyone viewed conflict and those with whom they were in conflict as God's chosen person, that the diversity or the difference could actually be a gift of the Spirit, since they are baptized and followers of Jesus, that they may be brought together in the Spirit's life and put together on this, on this planet, in order to learn and grow? And the question then becomes, what can I learn from this difference? How does this difference help me bind more closely to Jesus? How can I get stronger? And the differences that we have help the body grow stronger? so that the eye teaches the ear, and the ear the nose, and the nose the mouth, and the mouth the eye. And there's a constant kind of teaching and working together. And the fundamental issue is respect of the other person who is God's chosen person. So that spirit that's has chosen you and chosen me gives us this picture, which is in Colossians. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And then all these characteristics flow from being God's chosen person. Heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, 
bearing with one another and forgiving one another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you do. And over all these put love, that is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ control your hearts, the peace into which you were called also in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as in all wisdom you teach and admonish one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our three-person conversation in the midst of the heat. I wonder what would happen if the leader said, hey, it's getting pretty hot here. Why don't we just take a break and let's sing the doxology? Or let's think about a psalm. Or let's pray instead of fighting. Or let's just think that we are all people of God. Or something that actually brings in the reality that in the real world of the Christian community, we are all chosen people of God. One more thing. This closes the sermon the same way that Pastor Mark closed last week. We are beckoned to this picture of healthy conflict, respect for the other as chosen people of God. I don't know about you, but I don't do that all the time. In fact, there are many, many two times, and there are too many times, that I miss the mark on this one. That I begin, begin thinking the other person is my enemy, and I begin to forget thinking that they're chosen people of God. I miss the mark on this, but Jesus never misses the mark for you. So he never turns away, turns against, always turns for you because you are indeed God's chosen people. So as we recognize this, pray for the Spirit's help in seeing others as chosen people of God in the midst of conflict who are diverse because the body of Christ must be diverse in order to grow and build. As we move toward that and slip up from time to time, we turn to Jesus who always is present in forgiving love for you and for me so that we are always and remain God's chosen people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.